Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Welcome, Marvel fans, to episode 37 of Marvel Cast, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast by fans for fans. Each week, we'll discuss the latest news regarding the MCU, followed by reviews and discussion of the latest release content in this ever expanding multiverse. I'm your host, JG. Joined with me today is my co host, Steve. Steve, how are you today? Well, I woke up to see that you had shared messages with me in all caps saying I needed to watch Miss Marvel before I got on any social media, and I took your uh, message to heart and i watched it and as today's episode kind of says that the mcu has forever been changed with some exciting teases that i can't wait to talk about with you in a few minutes today yeah i definitely so i watched it pretty early today because i was pretty excited it was, i started up about actually 6 30 i just had this feeling that this episode was going to be like well first of all the show has been special in general um but i just had a feeling there's something in the universe was like this is gonna be really special more than i think people realize and uh boy <laughs> it sure was and so i once i got to the end of the episode I, I messaged you i messaged a group of friends i was literally just texting anyone i know who was watching this to stay off the social media because it was already trending miss marvel was trending number one already at like 6 a.m along with other things that happened in the thing uh on youtube there were already thumbnails with teases to what was um uh teased in the in the show and so like it was already everywhere and it was not even seven o'clock so i was like oh my goodness everyone please if if you value the integrity of the story stay away stay away and uh, i'm glad you did yeah i've got three friends of mine who are big marvel fans who don't like the week-to-week -week model and they wait to binge it and i said you need to binge miss marvel right now it's done and I said, you really only have about 10 days if you can avoid spoilers, because I have a feeling you're going to hear a lot of spoilery stuff in 10 days at Comic-Con. So you need to get on this because this is one that I feel like, again, we've talked before, I think um, airing this at the same time as Obi-Wan in its last, <coughs> excuse me, three episodes was a mistake because I felt like Obi-Wan got the attention where this deserved the attention even more, in my opinion. So it's like, um, I feel like this was a sleeper that went underneath the radar and now people are going to need to get caught up. I know you have a year technically to get caught up before the Marvels, but you really, you don't even have that. You've got 10 days, in my opinion. You're not wrong. And it definitely, and we'll obviously talk about it more, but it's it's definitely was uh, satisfying to be, you know, one of those people that have been watching it from the start and enjoying it from the start and not having to be one of those people that have to catch up, which obviously, like, you know, everyone has their reasons and such, but I do hope that uh, beyond what his tease that just for the story itself, and we'll talk about more more about it, but more people will watch it. Well, yeah, that's going to be a big part of our conversation, but my gosh, that is not even the the tip of the iceberg. There was so much that happened this week, so much hey, to before talk we go about. On, if, yeah. if, if three months ago I would have said to you, hey, on when we're recording this July 13th, do you think we'll talk more about Thor thoughts or Miss Marvel <laughs> thoughts? Like, did it ever occur to you that we would have more excitement and more, like, just the excitement that I felt with you chatting all day on social media mm -hmm. has been a lot more than what we had last Thursday night, you know, after yeah. Thor. Oh my gosh. Okay, we'll get to it. Sorry. And we'll that's saying something because Thor was a great movie too, which we'll talk about. Uh -huh. But man, it, we are definitely, you know, and obviously it's all subjective and opinion, but I, I really do feel we're in a very golden peak of Marvel content right now. 
And so we are going to talk about some news. Uh, first, I always want to like uh, shout this out whenever it does happen because I do think it's very important because a lot of these are done by people that aren't um, in front of the camera. And so a huge congratulations. They did the Emmy nominations yesterday. Uh, congrats to the crew of Loki, Hawkeye, and Moon Knight. Those were all the eligible for this set of nominations for Emmy. And together, collectively, they took in 16 nominations. Uh, so we'll have to see if they pull out some wins. A lot of them are definitely very well-deserving. We'll see. Steven, just any brief thoughts on that? Yeah, this is awesome. Like, I saw this, and, um, you know, all of the different, you know, I think, I mean, did you mention What If, too? What If got nominated. Oh, yeah, that's right. So What If as well. So every show that's eligible, I believe, got nominated this year, right? Because Loki was the first one that was eligible, like, through this year's um, yes. nomination. So that's an incredible feat in itself. That's showing, like, again the time, the money, the commitment that the production crews are putting into this is paying off. Um, it would have been, I think, kind of cool if um, Oscar Isaac would have been nominated for playing multiple parts in Moon Knight. That would have been worthy too, in my opinion, but um, I'll take what I get. And I think this is definitely, it would be nice to come home with a couple wins, um, including uh, Chadwick Boseman. I think, you know, voicing T'Challa on What If definitely would be a nice, um, you know, um, recognition of his work too. And one last kind of award as well, just in my opinion. I agree. It's going to be really cool to see. And, and again, I think it is showing that, you know, while we have, you know, some nitpicks about pacing and different things along the way, it is awesome to see that there are real humans who are working so hard to tell these stories and a lot that are behind the scenes that we don't see. And it's it's great whenever they can get recognized. Um, even a nomination is just huge. And so um, it will be very exciting to see um the emmy ceremony and see what marvel will take home also what's exciting and coming up and we've been talking about it a little bit because in just about 10 days uh we're going to be having san diego comic-con and we all been excited we know marvel was going to be showing up but little did we know that marvel was going to have not one panel but two panels so first, Marvel is going to have a animation panel on Friday the 15th from 11.45 a.m. to 1.15 p.m. Pacific time. Um, we do know that in the description they mentioned X-Men 97, Marvel Zombies, What If Season 2, and more. Steven, first of all, what are your initial thoughts that not only are we getting one panel, but we're getting two, but also... What about the, specifically the animation? Are you excited for and looking for? And uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! Like these panels are like events. Like I think back to where I was for the last two big panels. Um, whenever they were doing the panel for, like leading up to phase three, <laughs> I was in college and I was supposed to be at a meeting with a professor, but I um, happened to be about a half hour late because I could not miss the. It wasn't even a live stream. It was just on like comingsoon.net they were like doing like a live ticker with it news and i was like so excited and then the other one when they did the phase four announcements i was um at a wedding in 2019 and i was on my phone and um ignoring the wedding because i was just so excited to follow along with the announcements because again even though they don't live stream these things like i just keep refreshing twitter and just seeing like they put out the logos and like any details of casting like you get the details i would love to be in that room i'm sure you would too and Hall H, especially for the big um, Marvel panel. But, oh, nothing beats, like, the constant stream for an hour or so of news that is just coming out, like, rapid face and, you know, getting to see some of the concept art and just announcements because we're going to get so many. Like, this is an event that I'm so excited for on Friday and Saturday. Um, 
I, sorry, I'm just I'm just like literally giddy right now because like even after today, I just can't even imagine what we have in store. Like, I, I I'm currently I know you and I have talked before reading the Marvel Studios book that I know you told me is on sale right now. If our we're not getting any uh, Amazon, you know, a sponsorship, but definitely it is on sale on Amazon. The making of Marvel, the story of Marvel Studios, excuse me. Um, and the nice thing about that book is they talk about like all the hype that they put in and the time and effort of planning like special memorable big announcements at these comic-con events and it's been a couple of years since they've been there so i am so excited to see what they surprise us with i think we're gonna get a lot of updates and i think we're gonna get at least a handful of news and announcements um that are coming our way um out of these events like let's talk about the animated one first i mean you mentioned they're talking x-men 97 marvel zombies what if season two and more we've already heard those three announced what do you think the and more could be and do you, which, what kind of updates do you want out of the three that are mentioned there? Definitely. Uh, just briefly, um, I think we're going to get an update on the Spider-Man um, animated show. We're going to get some sort of update. I don't think they're going to have a lot of news because it's not one of the... It, it's a little further down the road, but we do know about it. So I think we're going to get some sort of update. Uh, maybe some concept art, stuff like that. Uh, I do think we're going to get another one to two new projects announced for animation. I think that they are really taking animation serious. And I think the fact that they have its own panel is just testament enough to how, A, how much content they have to share. But not only that, but also how much, you know, if you're giving animation a whole panel, like, that's a big deal. So um, we'll, we'll actually make some big predictions probably next week when we talk about it more. But I do think uh, there is a reason why this is an hour and a half, I think. And because of the fact that the other one, the main panel is just an hour, I would not be surprised if people who are sitting in this room uh, at this animation panel gets to see an episode of something. Yeah. I think at this point, you know, we're expecting what if season two at some point this calendar year and we're, we're running out of weeks. We're over halfway through the year at this point, and we still have She-Hulk coming our way. So, um, and a couple other specials. So I definitely think this could be a fall project. What if, and if so, start talking about that. Now let's do a quick little tangent. Cause you know, me and my timeline, mm -hmm. um, what if season two, when it airs on Disney plus mm -hmm. will season two have its own icon on a different part on the MCU official timeline, or will you just have to go and watch it after Loki? Like it currently is thoughts. Oh, um, these things keep me up at night, JG. <laughs> uh, these are the things that don't for some reason, uh, but normally they would probably. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be under. I don't think it's going to get its own thing. I don't think. OK, yeah, I'm just curious, like how they're going to do that for future like follow up seasons like Loki and stuff, like unless it picks up, which it probably does right there afterwards. Um, you and I have been talking off air as well. Um, I am currently on season four of X-Men, the 1990s show. And I think that's a project you're going to look into, especially as you'll talk about why later. Um, getting into X-Men animated, because I think it's definitely going to be important going forward. It's a project I'm hoping if I can binge as much as I can to finish before next Friday. So that if they make any big announcements, I won't be kind of left in the dark. But I doubt that they would spoil any like big things. I think if I'm correct and I don't want to spoil anything, I don't even know how it ends. I do think it ends kind of on a cliffhanger. And I think they've talked about before, they are going to pick up kind of right where they left off when the show was canceled or ended or whatever. So that would be cool if they do that. Um, I'm not super excited for Marvel zombies. I love zombies. I love Walking Dead. I loved, I did like the What If episode. 
I don't know if it can sustain a whole story unless they're taking place in that universe from What If, maybe. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm going to share some speculation of some rumblings I've heard on Twitter about for it. On maybe a new announced show. I should save for next week, but I'm too excited to share it. Um, I've seen some things on Twitter, and I don't have the sources in front of me right now. I apologize. And if you don't want to have any idea, just, just if you can fast forward about a minute or two. Um, the rumors are that they are currently working on a show that is further along in development because they are currently working on mm -hmm. casting and they put out casting announcements for um, Asian characters and they're looking for Asian actors. And the rumor, the, the theory online is that we could get an animated show. And if it is really going down the Asian route with the plot and stuff, I would like it to be maybe like Marvel anime, kind of like what Star Wars did with Visions last year. Mm. And if that's the case, this, the rumor is it's going to tie in with providing backstory on 10 rings and possibly Miss Marvel's bangles. And like, that would be a cool way to do some of the backstory instead of um, maybe including it, some of those stories in live action, but kind of giving other artists and other creative talents a way to tell important stories that, um, cause again, these shows are just as important in my opinion as the live action ones. Oh, definitely. So that's just a rumor I've heard. And, and maybe we'll get some updates on that. Who knows? Definitely. Yeah. There's a lot to look forward to just in that animation panel alone. Uh, but the fun doesn't stop there because then the next day on Saturday, uh, the sixteenth, uh, from five to six, there is going to be a just a Marvel Studios panel, about an hour long, which is a little bit shorter than what it was in 2019. Uh, but I think Kevin Feige is going to have a jammed pack hour. Uh, Steve, just initial thoughts about that. Yeah, I was surprised to see it only be an hour as well. Um, but, you know, you can tell a lot in an hour. Like, you definitely, you know, an hour is going to go quickly because you're going to bring out cast members, ones that are expected and brand new people that have joined the MCU behind the scenes that we don't even know about yet. So, you know, they're going to be taking that time to bring people out, let them say one or two things, get a big group picture at the end like they always do in front of that big timeline, which I always get so excited for. Because we are at the point, like you said earlier, where in 2019, the last time they did this, they laid out phase four as we know it so far all the way up until thor love and thunder and they've been obviously with covid changes to the release dates like we would have had a panel last year if we wouldn't have had it missed a whole year in 2020 yeah. um so i definitely think i don't think they're going to touch a lot on the disney plus shows but i could be wrong because i think they're going to save that for disney plus day and d23 later in the year i think this is going to be their movie panel and you know they could even leave some blanks on the timeline and fill them in in October. That'd be kind of cool to do, like say, "Ooh, mystery projects. You'll see what it is on Disney Plus Day or whatever. Um, I think, did, are you, the, did you mention on a previous episode, do you think, is Thor Love and Thunder, in your opinion, the end of Phase 4 or not? So in 2019, when they were last at Comic-Con, they had Phase 4, and they had Phase 4 ending with Love and Thunder. So... This will be the time when we find out whether that is still true and we are about to be in phase five or if phase four is extended and we have more of phase four. If that's the case, then I do think we'll also know we'll get a look at phase five. Yeah, because I mean, these projects, because they go into pre-production so early, you know, they're like we're going to get the timeline of what's coming in the rest of 2022, 2023. 2024 and maybe into early 2025 like it's usually like a three-year game plan that he announces at a time typically two or three years right so if that's the case then 
I'm still of the mindset. If we know already next year, we've got um, Ant-Man in February, Guardians May, Marvel's July, and I think there's an October or November release date without it's anything attached. It's November. Then that is probably going to be our Blade because we think that's the next one in line. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then um, going into 2024, I mean, we've heard there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on with Fantastic Four. I think we'll get that official announcement. I think we will get fingers crossed for a cast of the four main characters that would be awesome our director announced officially um but i think fantastic four in my opinion could be like the may kickstarter for summer in 2024 and that in my opinion maybe will be the end of our phase four is what i'm hoping for like that's kind of something symbolic about that the first family four being the end of phase four i don't know i'm kind of poetic like that but um that's my theory. And then I think we could get the rest of 2024's lineup and maybe one or two for 2025 just to kind of get people like super hyped up. Plus, I feel like there's so much like they want to tell. And I think we're at the point, you know, we are getting three or four movies a year. Like, give us that idea of where we're going. Do you think we'll get that roadmap? Uh, we're definitely getting a roadmap. It's just it's so hard to tell because we already have so much content in phase on this phase that's like literally more than the other phases combined so it's it's hard to tell like when this end is going to be and it's hard because we also haven't seen anything from black panther to really tell if it has like a different tone and vibe from what we've already gotten so far to be able to see if maybe oh this is a different phase so it's it's gonna be hard i think comic-con we're gonna find out for sure i'm kind of leaning towards the fact that phase four has been extended and i think it's going to contain all of the rest of the projects through next year and maybe tip into fantastic four maybe that's a big maybe i think they'll reveal what's the rest of this phase at comic-con and then because not only do they have they have disney plus day that's right before d23 so that's where we're going to get some you know show updates but they also have a panel in a in a in a in a you know announcements on that saturday of d23 i think that could be when we find out our fantastic forecasting and whenever we find out our phase five or maybe the first part of phase five if we're gonna if they're gonna be super long now i don't if they're gonna be as long as it is and even go beyond i don't think we're gonna see the whole phase timeline like we're used to i would not be surprised if we start to see it in like halves or even quarters and then we get a little bit more throughout the next couple months yeah what about um i think correct me if i'm wrong neither of us think phase four is ending with an avengers film that just isn't happening right now they're gonna let the avengers brand like let people want it to give them the time time to breathe from 2019 onward it'll be phase five Um, but do you think we will get like if phase four continues, which I think it will for at least another year or two, do you think they will announce any type, like if it's not Fantastic Four, is there going to be any type of event film that kind of marks the end of this phase? Like whether it's a team up or whether it's some kind of project on Disney plus or in theaters, or does it just kind of end with a movie or like, I, I feel like that's a little anticlimactic from what we're used to with like usually the Avengers films and then maybe an epilogue, whether it be Ant-Man or whether it be, um far yeah far from home so do you feel like we'll get any type of group team up event film to be excited about and then an epilogue maybe or is it just going to end with 
a movie and just say, okay, now we're moving on to phase five. It has to have something to look forward to, right? Yeah, I feel like that's where the whole like Fantastic Four is coming into. And I think that's where I think a lot of us are kind of like leaning towards why. Because like, yeah, they're like one entity and it's one like family. But at the same point, they're also a team technically. And so I could see that very much being the way to end this phase i think it's a it's something that people have been looking forward to it's going to be huge equivalency of the avengers um it's also probably gutsy and risky as heck as there has been yet to be a successful fantastic four um from what we can tell and so but i just think with everything that all the players and what they're building up to storylines it i think it makes sense not only for the the poetry of the four, but I think just story wise, I think that's a way of how you really cap this up and really start to put some of those threads into the needle. Yeah, um, I really like. I could talk about this the next hour, but I think that's going to be next week's episode. So yeah. maybe what we could do is, and I'd love to hear our audience reactions too, like in predictions. Maybe if you like, you and I made a list of like, let's say three to five, you know hopes wishes i you know theories of what we want them to announce at the comic-con we can share those not together until next week when we're live again and then i'd love to hear if our audience has any you know predictions hopes thoughts about mm -hmm. what's coming down the pipeline please send them in to uh, marvelcastpod at gmail.com as well are you okay like putting that on hold because i again we could talk and i could ask you a bunch of questions right now oh, yeah but that's next week's episode oh yeah we could definitely go on forever but yeah it'll be good to fully flesh it out next week yep. uh but yes so that's gonna be really exciting that is next week uh we cannot wait to talk about that and all, everything that will come out of san diego comic-con uh we did also have some more news because marvel was quite busy this past week uh, hollywood reporter is reporting that captain america 4 has found its director uh, nigerian american filmmaker julius ona perhaps best known for helming the 2018 thriller the cloverfield paradox will direct the fourth installment of the captain america film franchise for marvel studios steve what are your thoughts on this you know we have heard about this now i think it was announced you know, a little bit after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and we know, you know, where it's going to be picking up loosely. What are your thoughts now? Um, Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I do wonder why they, this leaked or was it released officially by Disney two weeks before they could have made it a bigger hype with it, unless they wanted to have, you know, take on multiple days of taking over the news cycle, maybe. Um, I think this is good. I, I did see Cloverfield Paradox only once when it, first aired it was a movie that came out they announced it there was a trailer for it at a super bowl mm -hmm. four or five years ago and they said oh by the way go on netflix right after the game as soon as it's done and you'll be able to watch this movie and wow. i didn't stay up for it because i'd work the next day but i did watch it no maybe i did stay up i don't remember but it was um it was fine i, I like the cloverfield trilogy they've got three of them they're produced by jj abrams so i do enjoy the mystery box idea of it um it wasn't like spectacular or anything but I am excited to kind of see what he can bring to this. I definitely think going back to what our last story was, um, if I had to uh, bet money, I would say Captain America 4 will probably take that February 2024 spot, kind of taking over, you know, Black History Month like Black Panther did a couple years ago. I think that would make sense. I think, you know, you know, build up the hype about, you know, having an African-American Captain America with an African-American director or Nigerian, yeah, Nigerian African-American director. I think that would really be um exciting in a variety of ways 
Yeah, I'm super excited. You know, and it gives me also, you know, a little bit of intrigue about maybe what we could be seeing for this fourth film. You know, I'm not familiar um, with the Cloverfield uh, franchise, um, let alone Paradox. And so I do know that it has a very unique kind of thriller vibe to it from what I can tell. Um, so they kind of get, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what he could take and bring it to the MCU. You know, that's what we've really been seeing as of recently is these storytellers and directors coming in and injecting their flavor, their tone and their style into the MCU. And it's been really fun. Yeah, kind of off topic for a sec, but with Cloverfield, I'd recommend it at some point, especially because I know you're doing your Lost rewatch or Lost first watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie, again, produced by J.J. Abrams, Bad Robot, who made Lost. It came out um, right before, right in the middle of Lost. And there are some Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely a trilogy, but it is not. It's it's a multiverse trilogy, kind of. Like, the way it ties together, like, I feel like just knowing you, and <laughs> I know you like horror, and it definitely has some of those vibes to it. It's definitely three films that are worth checking out when you get a chance. Definitely. And this will be exciting, you know. And uh, I do want to mention, and I think uh, our listeners know this, but um, in this article, specifically in the Hollywood Reporter one, they talk about, like, oh, I wonder if Steve's going to show up to, re- like, reprise his role. Y'all, Steve, Steve's not coming back, like, for this movie. Maybe for Secret War, or, uh, yeah, Secret Wars down the road. I, I don't see that happening. Like we, we have a Captain America now. Like he doesn't have to earn anything. Like that's done. That's we already did that for six <laughs> hours. Um I I wouldn't say hundred percent Steve or Steve or oh, Chris Evans won't cameo and I mean he already passed the torch though. I don't really need him to, nor do I want him to, but I think could they definitely put an old man Steve in there? Sure. Should they? No, not really. I did like this week that when someone was questioning it, like a it might have been even Maybe it wasn't Deadline. It was Hollywood Reporter. Maybe someone was quite um, questioning Steve, uh, Sam Wilson being Cap. Yes, or, it was this article. Is that that same one? And yes. And Chris Evans, you see, tweeted back and said, mm-hmm. "He is Cap. I'm not Cap anymore." Like he had to. The fact that you got Chris Evans, you know, not always the most public person to go on and tweet that. Like that means something. So I could also see him, even if they offered it to him, maybe turning down the role because he wants it to be um, Anthony Mackie's film. And he's already had three himself, plus all the Avengers titles. So he might just say, no, maybe I'll come back at some point, but not for this one. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. I just, I saw that and it pushed a button and I just needed to mention it here. Let, let me ask you this too, because yes. I know this movie is a couple years off at least. When it comes out, if it does not make the same type of money that Winter Soldier or Civil War made, even though, again, Civil War is basically Avengers 2.5 what what are people going to say about that i mean this is captain america 4 it won't be called 4 it'll be called captain america whatever mm-hmm. i mean it's a new captain america should we be expecting more like the legacy to continue and keep with the box office really big or should we expect this to be on par with maybe you know some of the other i mean he's not a new character so i know we don't usually talk box office on here but it's curious if it'll be like if it's not to the level of like winter soldier civil war numbers is that going to be considered a failure because they're like oh we've known him since winter soldier or is it going to be um, not expected for him to make as much money as Steve Rogers did just because he had built up over about 10 year period at that point? Well, hopefully, God willing, we're not in a pandemic. And I do think box office numbers are going to continue to rise as we you know, continue to move further and further away from it. 
I do think this has the precedence to get up there and really, you know, do well and perform well and such. You know, there is so much importance to the story that's being told. And there also is the history of Anthony's character just in general. But not only that, but also the mantle and the legacy of Captain America. And so uh, there's a lot going towards it. Obviously, we also have whatever else that could be teasing and, and going into the story. Like, there's obviously some things that were that we've seen um, during Cap uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and also um, some beats after that that could play into this. There's a lot of possibilities, you know? I mean, we're going to have to eventually, you know, you know, in probably about four or five years, maybe a little bit longer, uh, we're going to start to form the new Avengers team. And I, I really do think he's going to be a major part um, of that, maybe not necessarily leading it so that they don't kind of fall into repetitiveness but i do think he will be a member of that team and a significant force on that team do you see him guest starring or cameoing in any upcoming disney plus or movies before he gets his own movie or do you think they're gonna just wait give him like a two-year break almost between falcon or soldier three-year break between that and his movie or will they try to keep him fresh like i know he's i know it's not canon with mcu but him and um amon film those scenes for the Disney wish that we talked about last week. I know it's not canon, but it's him in the costume. He's Captain America. She's Miss Marvel. Or do you see him anywhere else making an appearance or are they going to let it breathe until the movie? I don't see anything where it could plug in. Maybe armor wars. If we're dealing with Sharon there, possibly, I think it's a little unlikely to be honest. And like thinking about what we know, but at the same point, we'll talk about it later. But did we think about what we're gonna, what we got today was gonna happen in this show today? So I mean, mm -mm. it's hard to say now. I think if anything, today's proved that anything could happen at any point. Mm -hmm. So, I, but I think looking on paper, looking at the projects that have been announced, I don't think that there's anything yet that we that would indicate that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, remember he showed up after his first appearance he was in winter soldier then he was in age of ultron and then he was had a you know significant scene in ant-man that led into civil war so like he um he could he could pop up i don't think it would fit right now unless again maybe ask me again in two weeks after we get the more of the lineup and then ask me again in a couple months when we get more of the disney plus lineup and i think maybe that could change once i hear if there's any other projects and when they're coming out and stuff i don't like she hawk he's not gonna show up there i think that's not the right place for him no, She-Hulk's going a very different path. Um, many different stories. There's a lot that She-Hulk is going to be doing, but it's not that. And uh, you, you look at it and you're like, there's definitely things because of the fact that Captain America kind of can can kind of go in anywhere. But like, there's already so many characters that are already plugging in that it's like, I don't see it yet. And there could be things that we just don't know about yet that might be before Captain America 4. Mm -hmm. But from what we know, what's on paper, as of now, I think it is his next appearance is Cap. Un well, I will say, with the exception, there could always be a post credit scene in a movie. Mm -hmm. But that's hard to predict at any point. So Yeah. I just want to see more of his character. Like, when I saw him suited up, like, I know it took the whole six episodes to build up to that moment. But seeing him suited oh. up, you know, kicking butt, taking names, and then giving that speech at the end, like, I know we've had so much time to really get to know Steve Rogers as Captain America, and we've known Sam Wilson for a long time, but we've only spent 
you know, probably what, 20 minutes at most with the new Captain America with Falcon, yeah. with our Sam Wilson playing him. So I'm really excited to get to know Sam Wilson, Captain America, as much as we get to know Steve Rogers, Captain America. Definitely. I will say, I, I will say this, depending, because we know for sure we're getting a Thunderbolts movie. It would be interesting to see him, depending on when the timing of those all of those films come out, it would be cool to see that him interact with that team as like an opposing force or something. Yeah, what if he's like, you know, if the Thunderbolts are supposed to be the protagonist, what if Captain America is supposed to be the antagonist? Kind of like the rumors of a previous like Sinister Six movie where it's their point of view, but Spider-Man's the villain almost, you know what I mean? That would be interesting, especially if like Bucky were on the Thunderbolts, which I don't think he might, maybe he will be, I don't know. But if Bucky had to turn against him, you know, I don't think, again, speculation. But we'll you, see also, you have a U.S. agent on the other side. That could be mm. fun. And they've got some, you know, feuds still between them, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There could be a lot of comedy. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility I could see. But that, with, with the exception of that, that's the only thing I could think of. This is going to make me, again, at this point, if we're waiting three or four years, we're going to have to go back and rewatch these shows. Because, oh. again, I remember the big plots, but I don't remember the little details. Definitely. And it did set up a lot. And while they weren't done talking about shows this week, uh, we did get an update for Ironheart, which has been starting to pick up a little bit in conversations and the rumor mills and such um, and leaked T-shirts and such. Uh, Deadline reported officially that, that Alden Ironreich is set to appear in Ironheart. Uh, and I am super excited for this. Uh Alden was in Solo, and so it is super exciting to see him come back and get another show. Hopefully, he can maybe hop on another stage and work on Solo too. but, you know, we're not talking about that today. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Alden uh, making his MCU debut? Yeah, I definitely, you know, enjoyed his take on Han Solo, and it's been a couple years, and I'm glad to see him back with the Disney family. Like you said, it could lead to something else. Who knows? Um, I would love to hear, again, Maybe at Disney Plus Day, D23, more about which character he's going to play. Um, I know there have been rumors for a while now about Ironheart, you know, connecting back to the legacy of Tony Stark and even back to the very first film. Um, there's rumors that I, um, Stain, or what's it, Obadiah Stain's son or daughter could play a role in this. And if that's the case, that'd be kind of cool to see Alden Ehrenreich maybe take on the villain role, um, something we I, that I haven't seen him do before. But I, um, yeah, I'm excited. I think he's a great actor and. I just want to know kind of who he's playing. I don't know. I'm hoping it's more than just like a, you know, short little scene, but typically you're not going to announce that if it's just a short, like cameo or small role in one episode for these Disney plus shows, they're usually supporting in multiple episodes. Right. Yeah. And so in the article from deadline, it does say that he's playing a key character, a key role. So hopefully that's reoccurring. Hopefully that is not a one and done um he has great acting abilities and i'm so excited to see his charisma uh, appear in the mcu um there's definitely a po couple possibilities of them characters uh, maybe he's playing a villain that'd be kind of fun maybe like a seedy politician um there's definitely some routes they could take with him and but regardless uh it's definitely going to get a lot better having him um in the mcu and hopefully he'll be here to stay uh, any other thoughts on alden no, I, I'm excited to get to know him. And I'm, you know, just with how things have gone recently and how many, you know, I hate to say B list, C list, smaller characters they brought in and now have made household names, you know, mm. I, um, I would love it to find out he's a character that I don't know about. And then gives us a chance and some time for us to dive in before the show comes out and get to know who this character is from the comics a little bit more. 
Definitely for sure. And it should be exciting and we should be getting some more nor news. Maybe we'll get something at San Diego Comic-Con, more about Ironheart or D23. Lots of updates to come. And Steve shared with this final piece of news, which I think is super cool. Steve, you want to share it with our audience? Because I think it's super cool and you brought it up. So Yeah, this is something I was excited about. Um, today marks with the finale of Miss Marvel. There are, if you want to start the MCU at the beginning, and I'm talking movies and television shows. I'm not talking Defender Saga. I'm not talking Agents of the Shield. I'm talking Marvel Studios on Disney+. Plus you would have to sit down for 100 hours of content. Um, they broke it down. This was from IGN. You know, in phase one, we had six films for just over 12 hours. Phase two, also six films for almost 13 hours. Phase three, 11 films, uh, 25 hours. And phase four, so far, as of today, we have six films and seven shows. And again, those shows add up, definitely. So we are currently, just if you want to start with phase four, you've got 50 hours. So half of the MCU that we currently have available to us We've been watching since last year. Think about that. Like when it started with, was it WandaVision? Yeah, last January. Mm -hmm. So between January 2021 and July 2022, we have 50 hours of content, half of the 100 hours of the MCU, which is incredible to wrap your head around and also very daunting for someone that wants to start from the beginning right now. I Thoughts even, on this? I, because it's just it's hard to wrap your head around that chart right there. I can't even imagine if someone came up to me and was like, hey, I want to start the MCU. I don't know anything about it. I know there's some purple guy. I know that there's like some rich billionaire. I want to start watching this though. Where do I start? How long is it going to commit? Honey, honey. Oh my gosh. Like, first of all, um, it's great. This is incredible. This is, and the thing is, is like, this is like, it's like one connected story. They tell smaller intimate stories, but it's all a hundred hours of connected. It's what made Marvel what it is now. Um, it's it's crazy it's it's just it's and i do hope though that you know obviously there's also it wasn't one of our news story this week but there's obviously been talks about the visual effects and like working for marvel could be very strenuous and it could be a huge demand and so i do hope that there is ultimately balance because as much as i am enjoying the 50 hours of content so far in just a year and a half so far um and how much I personally think it's been good. Yes, there have been some moments where I'm like, mm, that's not necessarily the best looking, but hey, it's okay. Um, ultimately, I hope people are able to have a healthy life, personal life and work balance. And I hope that it can move forward and we continue to get great content. Um, and if it means maybe spreading things out a little bit more, maybe we should do that. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely constantly being bombarded and in, in my opinion not a bad thing what i not yet. I, I like we have a month now until she hulk you know so we are getting constantly <laughs> excuse me bombarded with new content and again i think back to 2020 when we had a year of a dry spell without anything and i wanted content um i do think phase four is a great jumping on point for a variety of reasons um i think you know phases one through three is the infinity saga we do not know what phases four through whatever are going to be called maybe we'll get that answer in two weeks I don't know if we will, but we might. I still think it's going to be something multiverse related, of course. Um, but phase four is such a good jumping on point because, again, like I think back to Moon Knight. Moon Knight had like one or two Easter egg references, but it was so standalone. Like you could have told me that was, you know, not the quality wise, but it could have been like a Sony or Fox Marvel project. And that's how connected it was. So you could watch Moon Knight and never see anything else and you'd be fine. Um, I think like introducing so many new characters in the past 50 hours of content we've gotten over the past two years has been really good for Marvel again, because people that don't usually watch stuff can watch stuff. But I, at the same time, 
I'd be curious to know how many people that are MCU Marvel fans watch every little thing like you and I do versus how many kind of pick and choose and cherry pick and go to certain movies, watch certain shows. Like, um, I think from what we're seeing with the box office at the film side and what we're seeing with the, when they release some of like the numbers of people that watch the shows, I think, you know, that fatigue has not kicked in yet. And I'm glad, or the feeling of, Oh, I haven't seen all the movies. I can't watch this one. That hasn't happened because the box office is doing very well. And the shows that we're hearing about, like Miss Marvel is the lowest, you know, watched show, but it still had really good numbers um, from what I'm hearing. I'm going to share a quick story that I shared with you before the, uh, we started filming recording tonight. Um, JG and I have both made it our personal goal to kind of, again, for the show, for our audience to get to know the Marvel better, because again, it's something we're passionate about. He and I both know a lot about Star Wars because we keep up with all that. So now we're trying to dive in with our limited free time into Marvel. And so JG and I have both um, downloaded recently the Marvel Unlimited app with, if you're not, if you're not familiar, has basically every Marvel comic ever released in the past 80 years, 30,000 issues. They just hit that milestone recently on there. And so when I downloaded it, um, I, you know, I was telling my wife that I started with like a She-Hulk issue because she's coming out soon. I'm going to get to know her. But I'm like, it's so overwhelming with 30,000 comics. And my wife said, why don't you just start at the beginning? And I said, what do you mean start at the beginning? And we had a laugh because, again, um, there's just so many issues. Like, yeah, I'm reading a She-Hulk, but, you know, it's not her very first issue ever. But they give a nice little, you know, paragraph that explains what she's done before the, you know, the run started in 2014 or 15, whatever it was. And so I think Marvel movie and TV, Marvel Studios is very similar to the comics where JG and I will never read all 30,000 issues as much as we want to. However... Someone could jump in like he and I did into Marvel and you can find timelines online. JG just shared a really good one with me. Maybe I'll let him shout that one out too and give some credit too. But um, he, I'm really glad he shared it with me. I've been you know, looking at it while we've been recording tonight because there's so much on there. And it's like you could jump in to a character or a storyline. And then if you always want to go back and find out more, you can. And I hope that's what Marvel Studios continues to do. I'd be very sad if they say like phase five is the end. I think that would be a missed opportunity. And just like reboot things like with multiverse you never have to let this end you could definitely move on to different universes and variants but never end this continuous story that started in 2008 that's just my opinion sorry for the long ramble had a funny anecdote jg thoughts before we move on to our definitely uh, discussion it makes me think that because it is like well, what what did i say and i think because of how hot marvel is right now i think you do start with phase four because it is fresh enough that you're not going to get lost. It references things in the past, yet it doesn't necessarily fully spoil things. You know, you might, you're going to hear references to things. You're going to see maybe things that hint at things. Like you might see like Thanos was right written on a toilet. Well, you're not going to know who Thanos was right away. You're not going to know why he was right or if he actually was right. And so I, I would say definitely like if, if it was new or if you're going to tell someone, I think starting with phase four, and I think getting caught up as quickly as you can with phase four is the best and then stay up to date with phase four. And then if you really want to go back, if maybe if you want to dive into specific characters, watch that trilogy or, or specific movies, or if you really want the full lore, then just start working your way slowly through phase one all the way to phase three. While we do have these downtimes, you know, you could probably knock out, you know, a movie or two a week. And whenever it's just these for these first three phases, they're just movies. Well, if you do two movies a week, that's three weeks. That's, you know, you're going to get caught up. And that's the benefit is that 
at least for the Infinity Saga, they are just movies, and it is, you know, a limited amount of content. It is it's closed. They're not going to add any more to phases one through three. It's done. Phase four, though, in a year from now, we could be looking at 100 hours in phase four alone. So um, uh, it is exciting, though, and uh, I am fortunate that we are on this train, Steve, and we don't have to get caught up. Yeah, it would be very, you know, it's not impossible, but it would be almost stressful because you don't want to get spoiled on anything. Like I had two friends today text me and say, um, do I need to see Thor before I see the Miss Marvel finale? I said, no, you don't need to. I said, there's no connection, um, but it's the same universe. So again, see whatever you can, whenever you can. It's like, again, you and I are reading different comic issues. Yeah, there's an order, but we can bounce around the timeline. I mean, it's not going to overly spoil things. So I think it's like that. And I think that's the way to go. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to get to a point where you know, phase four could be as long as all, you know, it already is as long as the first three phases combined. Yeah. So it's only going to get bigger from here. Yes. And there is going to be so much more great content to watch. Um, so much to review and talk. And speaking of reviews, that does end our news segment. Definitely lots to talk about. They're almost a full show in itself. We knew that this episode was going to be longer. So just uh, get that refreshment, uh, get cozy because we still have quite a bit of stuff to talk about including uh we're going to talk about thor love and thunder first we're going to give our brief thoughts here spoiler free um so if for some reason i doubt it but if for some reason you haven't made it out yet it's okay we're not gonna ruin anything we're just gonna be very vague we won't even touch the uh post credit scenes uh but just give our initial thoughts so steve uh you know it's been about almost a week now since we walked out of that theater for you it was an early afternoon for me it was later in the evening what are your just general spoiler free thoughts on this movie yeah i kind of got tickets last minute and i got to go to a 3 30 showing a matinee which was something different i'm used to the you know evening you know seven o'clock usual showings so it was a different experience going in that time and my theater was still probably about 80 percent full which was still fun um i always love going when the theater is as full as possible i assume yours was 100 percent full yes okay so that's good. Um, it was definitely, you know, a fun experience. I think, I think the promotional materials did a nice job, you know, going in, you knew this was going to be a comedy, kind of a romantic comedy. And it was, um, I, I think I liked, you know, the more I thought about it, I, I, I enjoyed the second half or the second half of the movie better than the first half. Um, I'm glad it, it did pick up for me as it went on. Nothing, you know, super wrong with the first half. Um, I, I, I don't, with having so many movies, I have a hard time ranking them because some of them are just so close. It would be so hard for me to, you know, differentiate between like number 20 and number 19, 18. You know what I mean? So I don't really rank them. I It's not in my top 10. It's it's um, it is a fun movie. And I knew that going into it, I would say if you liked Ragnarok, you'll like it. I, I, I liked Ragnarok better, in my opinion. And I'm curious what you have to say on it. Um, I want to watch it again. It'll probably be on Disney plus in 40 days from now or so. It's usually been in like a 45 day window, which is really nice. So I will definitely watch it again. Um, I love spending more time with these characters. There are some characters I wish we would have spent more time with, and I don't know how much more I can talk about it, but um, what were your spoiler free initial reactions? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was trying to look at my letterbox and see what I put here. Um, yeah. I think one of the things that I really liked was that I, what really showed me with this film was how, 
Marvel could be just so diverse in its tones and genres from film to film without taking away from the quality from the story that's being told and how we could go from a super campy horror film just back in May to now like this cosmic rom-com almost with little pieces of horror. Like it's incredible. It's crazy. Like just how opposite of the spectrum these films are. And yet they're from the same studio same universe and it just it just worked for me i laughed my butt off oh my gosh this movie was awesome first of all though we get into the movie theater and the row that we're we're supposed to sit in is all roped off and we're like and there's like four other people there they're like oh are you in this row too yeah our friend went to go get a manager and we were like i'm like please like god's thor Someone who has not been butchered by gore, please, like, let mm -hmm. us get a seat. For a second, I really thought I was not going to see this movie, like, right away. Mm -hmm. uh, but we got to sit in the VIP section, so I guess it was all worth it. Uh, so at once that was all taken care of, we were seated, we were ready to watch it. This movie, just from the minute that, that Marvel Studio logos comes up, I was just enthralled. I adored this film. Um you know, in, film criticism is is, is a my cup of tea, so I, I, I can rank these films. Um, it ranks in my top 10. It ranks uh, right now. It, obviously, when they first come out, they kind of move around a little bit. Um, my list definitely shifted a bit, but it, it sits at number six for me. Uh, just wow. just ahead of Ragnarok, speaking of it. Um, can you I, list off, if you have it available in front of you, your top 10? I'm just curious. And I'll have to do mine at some point because we'll have to do that. Yes, let me go ahead and pull that out. But it was definitely like... It, it's just just a little bit more i there's just okay first of all the music the music is <laughs> if you watch oh, the yeah. trailers you know what you're getting you know what you're in store for so my 10 um mm -hmm. ranking from backwards um i did discover something through this list i'm apparently a fan of thor i never really thought about it mm -hmm. i don't really know what my favorite character is but apparently it's thor because you'll see why number 10 thor nine is multiverse of madness eight is homecoming seven is ragnarok Six is Love and Thunder. Five is Shang-Chi. Four is Eternals. Three is Guardians of the Galaxy. One. Two is Endgame. And one is No Way Home. Mm, okay. Yeah, at some point I will have to sit down and do my list in ranking. It's going to be hard, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll work on it this summer. That way we can maybe have an episode when we have some downtime to talk about. Def Ooh. Definitely, for sure. And I think and I, it's something to kind of mention in regards to that since I brought it up. You'll, you'll see a lot of the, there's a lot of newer films there. And I think a lot of people say, oh, that's just recency bias or that's just, and I do think that might play into it a little bit, but like, my big thing is that when you have a film studios like Marvel or a franchise or whatever, you should be hoping that every film that they are releasing is better than the prior one. They should continuously be getting better. So you should, if if things are going well, you should have more newer movies towards the top of your list because they should always be improving on the prior ones. And so when I look at my list and I do see quite a few from phase four in my top 10, I'm like, wow, Marvel is definitely up in their game for me. Yeah, and I don't put a ton of stock into Rotten Tomatoes, but I know like in the past couple of films, whether it be Eternals, whether it be Multiverse of Madness and now Thor, the audience react... Um, voting and reaction are much higher than the critic response and i'm wondering how much like the critics who for you know 15 years have been following like a very similar structure now mm. are seeing things different if that's what they're like oh this isn't marvel this is what i expected like you know going into endgame you know one of the you know criticisms if you will that people were saying was a lot of these movies structures and style are so similar 
And I think Foggy heard that and people had asked for something a little different. Well, you go into phase four and every project looks different than the other ones. They're letting the directors have a little bit more freedom and reign to do what they want. Like you're given that style. And I'm wondering if Foggy is going to going forward, you know, hearing the initial like two years worth of feedback, whether it's from critics and audience, if he's going to lean into the critics and go back to the way Marvel Studios used to be with some of their projects, or if he's going to listen to the fans who are enjoying this variety and say, eh, the fans are the ones we're making this for. I'm curious. What do you think he's going to do? I think he's going to do neither of those. I think he's going to do what he thinks is best because I think that's what Kevin Feige does. I think while he takes into, you know, he, he hears what the fans are saying and he hears what the critics are saying. But the reason why the MCU works so well is because Kevin Feige is a great boss. He's a diligent boss, but he is a boss that he he knows how to captain the ship and he is going to captain that ship and he's going to make those decisions. He's going to be the bad guy when he needs to be the bad guy, when he's like, mm, this isn't working or this isn't a good idea. Uh, for example, like a great example, Sony and Spider-Man, when they were going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man 3, whenever he pretty much, I wouldn't want to say force, but definitely pressured to for them to really control that character. And obviously it's one for everyone, the fans, both the studios, so I, I do think, you know, obviously they'll take it to a little bit of fact, but I think Kevin Feige is going to do what Kevin Feige does and continue to lead the ship that he has. And I, I, I you look at Phase 4, every film is just so different. It's so vibrant in its own way. Like you have Shang-Chi, you have Love and Thunder, Eternals, Multiverse of Madness. Like there's just, and then add in, of course, Disney+. Plus. It's so different. And I think also, I think what's really some people might say this is a hot take, but I do like the fact that there's not necessarily a complete like agreement because that means then there are they're they're being so risky and they're making so much content. If you're making diverse content, it's not always gonna like when you're making varied content, it's not always gonna land for everyone. It, you shouldn't make something that's to please everyone. Like you should make content that the story that you want to tell. Yeah. Um for sure. I, I definitely, like I said, I, I don't want to go obviously too much into spoiler territory in case someone hasn't seen it yet. I don't want to get to that till next week. Um, if you had to give, like, I know you can't give reasons why. If you had to give an award to any actor, character, like, who do you think was the MVP of this movie? Natalie Portman. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely between her and Christian Bale. Um, I thought Gore was such a complex villain. And again, you'll know why next week when we talk about it, if you haven't seen it, but, um, oh yeah, he was just, he was creepy too. Like you said, elements of horror, there were scenes where he looked terrifying. He did. And the way they played him out, um, if, oh, okay. Yeah. I can't talk too much. Oh, there's things I want to critique a little bit and I want to get your, cause you and I always, even though I'm glad we don't agree on everything, I do want to mm -hmm. hear and see if you can help me justify some of the decisions that were made, but I think that'll have to wait till next week at yes. this point. Okay. It's just, it's just, it's ultimately and i wrote this and i it's a rock ballad and it's a rock ballad and i do think that it's gonna have its praises sung for a lot of people for a while and i think um i think this is definitely gonna age really well i think there's definitely elements of shock because of the comedy um this is through and through a taika film like 
when you, when people are studying film 50 years from now and someone talks about the great director and storyteller of Taika Waititi, they're going to look at this movie and it's what it is and it you know yeah it's a it, it was a fun film i my friend and i were in tears laughing um in each other's laps almost like we were it was it was a good time the theater was packed lots of cheering lots of laughing yeah it, it was fun i did have a good time that's what you expect when you go to a marvel movie um i did enjoy taika's comedy i just i and personally and I'll explain more maybe next week why okay. I, I do like Ragnarok more as a film. But again, I need to rewatch both of them before I can like make any official ranking. I'm kind of working my way through some rankings, right? Or rewatches of I'm on phase two right now. So it's going to take me a mm -hmm. while. But yeah, as I go, I'll, I'll work on an updated uh, ranking list. I'll try. Definitely. And that is just our spoiler free thoughts. We'll definitely go into more and not be so vague. We'll talk about the post credit scenes, what they mean, um, and everything else in between, because there was quite a bit. Um, there is a fun Easter egg in the movie itself with two animals that I will cannot wait to talk about next week. Um, super. Did sick. you enjoy the mid credit or post credit scene more? Oh, that's hard. That's you're asking an impossible question. Uh, I'll go. Despite what people might think i think i like the post credit scene better okay yeah i want to talk about both of those obviously yeah. next week yep okay yep uh, i think so, i did i did too i did too yeah I, I there without going into it i think it's easy to think the mid is is better quote unquote and has more um possibilities quote unquote but i think they both do i i, I think the second one has more than people realize than some people realize We'll mm -hmm. talk about it. We're not going to be so vague next week, so don't worry. If you haven't seen it, get out, run out to see it. If you and have if seen you it, you see have it again. thoughts on the movie. Sorry to interrupt you. If no, you have thoughts on the movie, please email us too. Again, marvelcastpod at gmail.com. You're going to get sick and tired of hearing us. But once we get more <laughs> fan mail, maybe we will stop saying it as much. <laughs> it's going to be well bumper stickers. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to wrap up today this long, chunky episode uh, with. A very, I think it's going to be a good chunky conversation of Miss Marvel episode six, the season one finale. It's why the episode is titled uh, The MCU Changed Forever Today. Uh, first of all, it is the finale of at least the season. If maybe we're going to get more, we don't know one way or another. Um, Steve, what are your thoughts just general before we mm -hmm. talk about the elephant in the room? What are just general thoughts about how this episode wrapped in this in the series as a whole? Yeah, general. Um, like I said earlier in the show, when you messaged me this morning, I'm glad you did because I tend to just get on social media first. Um, in all capital letters, I'm thinking, wow, I need to get up right now and watch <laughs> this. And, you know, you did not oversell it. It was a really great finale. I feel like, and again, maybe it's that recency bias too. I feel like as of right now, ooh, between Miss Marvel and Loki, those are my tied for my first. Maybe Miss Marvel takes the lead right now. I think they both had really good finales, but especially this one, it had so many things I was looking for. It had the action, it had the family beats. It wrapped up so much of the story while still leaving so much room for future storylines to go, whether it's in season two or elsewhere. But it was a really good finale and a really great season. And I think people that have said, "Oh, it's a teenage show. I'm not watching it." Get <laughs> on the bandwagon. Join it. Join us. We'll we'll welcome you anytime you want. Yeah. One of my biggest concerns last week, and we talked about this a lot, was the whole six-episode structure. And 
I think this is probably the best of the six episode structure. And I think they nailed it the best that they could. I do think that there are some still some pacing issues that like could have been fleshed out just with another episode too, maybe. But my gosh, the 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 49, 40 minutes of what they gave us though. Whew, it was so good. It gave us everything we wanted. The the family, the friends, the camaraderie, the youth into growing into um, young adulthood. It gave us the action, humor. It was just so filled with so much heart. It is my favorite MCU show. It was so hard because like it was it was like up until this point it was like right under Loki. It was like going like oh is, is she gonna pass it? Is Miss Marvel gonna get ahead? Like. This episode just did it for me in so many ways. Uh, Loki is such a fantastic show. They're basically tied for me. Um, and who knows, maybe Loki season two will edge that back up. But I, I do think this show is a show that a lot of people underestimated. And I think we can say that just because of the viewing numbers. It has significantly, and it's not even close, but significantly fewer episodes, uh, viewers than the other shows. And so I do hope more than reasons that we will talk about that people watch i hope they really do enjoy the heart because i think that's what this show excelled in is that it was a story about a girl growing up uh with powers in a in a traditional family and how they choose to embrace and love each other and i think uh, so many people can relate to that um so many people whether it be because of their faith because of their sexual orientation because of whatever you know they can have differences with their parents but whenever you sit and have conversations and you just embrace each other you can you can find love and so i think that's what the heart of the show is about yeah for sure it was like you touched on it had that family element it had the action element it had the friendship element like there i can't think of many other shows that have captured my attention so much and also had me you know just smiling from ear to ear like throughout like just so many moments that make you like think to your own family that think to your own childhood or teenagehood growing up and like it takes you back to those moments and it just feels so equally grounded and down to earth while also so fantastic because you have the powers you got the superhero element of it i mean most people that watch miss marvel and the marvel shows are super fans like and you look up to these characters and so we can relate with her you know whether you look like her or not you can relate to her and her love for this universe because we all have that if you're watching these everything that we're talking about today um i loved you know the whole idea of bringing together her friends and again i i'm sorry i'm horrible with names and they're in front of me what's the name of the popular girl oh it's zoe zoe when she showed up i was excited because again we haven't seen her in a while and then the brother showed up too. like mm -hmm. having them do their plan that she got that um miss marvel kamala got to come up with and it was basically like it was like a home alone yes. scene you know it was just so fun to watch because like even me i'm like sitting there thinking all right who's in that hood right there and who's that hood and i'm like i'm having so much fun like how they are outsmarting a national agency that have been nothing but trouble the whole season like it was it was a fun sequence like from the planning to the implementation like how are they going to get um Kamran out of the building right now i think it was so cool because it just came to me and realized because i've really been thinking it's such a journey like this whole show is about her journey and like i was really wondering why they like really took the time to do that plan and everything well it makes so much sense because in the first episode she makes a plan about going to adventure con and it it fails like it doesn't go to plan but in this episode it 
it goes a lot better, but it also does fall apart eventually. But it's also now it's how she reacts to it. And before she had her family against her, but now in this case, her family, her neighborhood, the aunties, they were all there supporting her and even getting in the way of the Department of Control. And those people, I mean, they're we're not done with them yet. We know they're coming up in She-Hulk. There's some ulterior motives. I'm wondering who is the leader of this organization. Um, is it Valentina? Uh, that would be interesting. Um, they are targeting young people, which is something that we've been speculating um, and really like picking up on. Uh, so that was I just they were menacing, like they were the fact we got a we got a content warning for this episode. Not just that, but they're also, I mean, if I never saw that female DODC agent again, I'd be happy. I just, she's so ignorant. Awful. Like every scene that she was in throughout the whole show, I just, it made my blood pressure go up because I, I mean, I know she, what she was representing. I know it's nothing on the actress. She was following yeah. the script and doing what she should have done. She did a really good job at it. But um, even in this episode, one of my favorite scenes was when she went into the mosque again, again, a holy building. And didn't even care about this is the second or third time she's gone in there just violating you know going into the mosque and um the religious leader the imam says you know this really nice quote and she basically shrugged it off as saying you know i think she was referring to uh, muhammad or the the Quran. she's like i'm not listening to your quote and he's like well actually that's abraham lincoln like it made me you know just cheer because there is so much ignorance in the world and just like the fact that she represents all of that you needed a character like that, even though I hate those kind of characters. You needed that one, and I just loved how they handled her. And may she be fired, and may she never grace our screens again. Let's get her out of there. That's just my opinion. Oh, she's not done. We'll see her again. One hundred percent. You'll see her in She-Hulk. I think. Uh, I think she's a pretty significant player when it comes to those pieces. Um, but let's also talk about uh, before I think the ending because I do want to give this episode due proper. Um, obviously, everyone wants to talk about like the probably the last seven minutes. Um, how about the whole just the her powers now? Like she's she like and she even says it. She says um, her phrase uh, is it like Bigum or something? I mm -hmm. or yeah. And so that was cool and seeing how it fully like really almost embraced the the feel and the look as it did in the comics which was like a big thing that some people were kind of hesitant about yeah she like seeing her in full power mode you know the larger than life not like level of hulk like size but still larger than life and then seeing the arms the legs extend like you said well i think if you look close enough to you you do see like the biological body is definitely similar in size and then the the extension is still like her powers that make it look like hands but they're not her actual hands right so it has almost like a blending of what the comic fans wanted with this new idea that's going to, I think, blend very well with um, Captain Marvel next year in the Marvels. So I think you get that, um, you know, the psychedelic look almost and added to it. I really like that. Um, yeah, I, I thought the fight sequence was well, you know, planned out and like giving her the chance to grow into that character. And like, um, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that, too. But going back for a second, like just seeing let's talk about the family, too, like. The fact that all season we've seen she's gotten parts of her costume, right? Mm. But seeing, again, every character in her family got a nice touching moment. Seeing very early in the episode, earlier than I expected, which I was glad about, her mom gave her the finalized costume. We've seen her mom make costumes before, you know, for AvengerCon. And just, like, think about the journey that Kamala's gone on with her mother throughout the season and all the way to Pakistan and back. It was such a touching, like, you know, um, poetry from the first episode. And just seeing 
you know, mom and dad and brother all embracing and all supporting her and her dreams. Like it is so touching. And I'm so glad she had that costume on for most of the episode because we already know that from leaked set pictures, the costume is going to be slightly different come the Marvels. Like they always, you know, change it up a little bit. So I'm really glad we got almost a full hour in this one awesome costume. All right. Thoughts on the costume, thoughts on family, thoughts on fighting. I'm throwing a lot at you. (laughs) Uh, The costume, first of all, is beautiful and it's awesome. I love, again, it's a parallel to the first episode and how she laughs at the Hulk costume and how she kind of like breaks her parents' heart, specifically her father. I love the turnaround. Like, yeah, it's a dope, it's a dope costume. You know, it's definitely a lot better, but I love how they kind of like meet a melting point almost, you know? Um, And, uh, and I just, I, the the family moments were just like oh. and i love how and we didn't talk about it just quite yet but i love how she gets elements of her hero identity from both her parents she gets the costume from her mother and then she gets her name from her father and uh through the meaning of her name um through the meaning kamal which then uh, he kind of then says that it kind of leads to marvel and so um, she has a freak out, like a like a fan moment. Of, I'm named after freaking Carol Danvers. I love that so much. But overall, I think the fighting and everything else was super cool. The powers, it just blended so well. And I, I I'm excited to see how the costume does change. Yeah, you got you got to sell your toys, you know. So, um, yeah, it was it was super touching just to see it all finally come together. We knew it was gonna get there, um, and to see it finally come together was awesome. Before we get to the you know last five, six, seven minutes, um, let's talk about some of like the other elements that are still left open. Like, um, yes. you know, all season there's been kind of a love triangle. It's very clear that Bruno has feelings for his friend, and I don't know if they're reciprocated. They don't seem to be, but she's had her eyes on Comron, who she thought was her cousin for a short time, but is not. And um, you know, kind of an awkward scene. Bruno walking in as they're about to kiss, and I don't. They never did kiss in the episode, did they? No, because then Kamran basically uh, starts to find out the truth about his mom. Yeah, and again, anyone that finds out the truth is going to have a reaction, especially if you just got superpowers, you're going to have even a more violent reaction. So he kind of became the force she had to stop. But I love that it wasn't like, obviously, it's a, you know not going to be a fight to the death or anything. It's like she's still trying to help him. She's obviously realizes, like, you know, if you lost your parent, like you would feel this way too. You'd be over the top. You'd have reaction. So she's still trying to help him. And it ends up, you know, one thing that I'm curious, like, I almost feel like it's setting up a season two in a way because Kamran ended up, you know, going to Pakistan and ended up with the Red Dagger, right? Yep. So it makes me wonder, like, I, I don't think, like, I know there's a lot of open-ended plots that still need to be addressed in phase four. <laughs> and I know they added a couple more today, which is fine because, you know, that'll be picked up somewhere. I just don't see that story ending there. Like, no. there's got to be something else down the line, right? I think he is shaping up to be a big villain and a big rival to Miss Marvel. I think mm-hmm. he's going to get trained. I think he's going to discover more about his mom and his family. And um, he's got powers. I also think there's more about him, which we'll talk about here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he is kind of be like the antithesis of Miss Marvel. And I do think, I, I, I think Miss Mar- uh, I think Kamala doesn't realize yet that she has feelings for Bruno. Maybe she doesn't have them yet, but I think there's going to be things that bring, maybe, you know, <laughs> they say separation brings, uh, people closer, the heart closer. So maybe with him going to Cali, um, 
maybe, you know, things will happen. He'll have to come back or something. But I do think they're setting up Kamran to be a villain. Now, let me ask you this, too, and we'll talk about other places that Kamal could show up after the Marvels. But um, if, you know, after the Marvels, and maybe we'll even get an, maybe an announcement, who knows? You never know with Marvel in two weeks. But do you think, would you rather see, besides cameos and guest stars other places, would you rather see, <laughs> excuse me, a Miss Marvel film follow-up, like after the Marvels where it's her solo film for two and a half hours, or would you rather see another six to eight episode season two? Where do you want to see her again after um, the Marvels, if those were your only two options? Uh, season two? Yeah, I do too. I think it gives a chance to breathe. We get more time with the family. If you only have two and a half hours, all that hype is gone like that, like we just saw with Thor. I want to see her high school journey. I want to see that told through a TV show. I want to see... Um, her inner transformation you could even do like the gaps kind of like how between summer or whatever there was always like a film for you know um and so i think that you could do something like that um but i do think i don't know it kind of works it works really well for her and such but i do think she does have that potential the energy the chemistry to appear on the big screen like we'll see here next year mm -hmm. but jg maybe kamala could show up elsewhere besides just the marvels or miss marvel show because after we got the big fight and talk with her dad and she's sitting up on the lamppost, it got, I thought it was like, I'm like, there's still more time left. I looked at, I actually paused it and looked, I'm like, this isn't the end here. <laughs> and then we got like the logo that said one week or two weeks later, right? One week one, later. One week later. Yeah. One Cause week it, later. Had, it had her shape, her symbol, and then it like transformed into one week later, which is really good. I like so, that. So JG, since this is your episode, why <laughs> has the MCU changed forever today? Oh man. I it just chills to even think about it. I, I will just say like this moment, this word, this music note, I cried. I, I legitimately cried, which is crazy to think that I'm at the point where I'm this invested and connected to Marvel storytelling that I'm having the same reactions that I have when I watch Star Wars. So that says something. So we get basically it's about a week later bruno's about to go off to school which is great we love that um which that could even have connections maybe to ironheart maybe or some other characters but um super excited he's about to go they're gonna enjoy like one night um also it must look like they were kind of like lovey um what's their uh, their friend's name because now i'm blanking it's not yeah i can't remember right now nanya or something mm -hmm. but she's there they were a little like touchy so i don't know if they're a thing um i have to rewatch it but not the point at all um they're there to do like one final ride they have comrade's car the whole funny banter but bruno looks at kamala and says you know i've been looking into it because well your brother asked because he, he wanted to know if he had powers which i thought was kind of funny and it's on brand for him mm -hmm. and he says we're well wait, i'm mistaken there's there's something more your your dna is different from your family and then she's kind of like confused and he says it's kind of like it's mutated and then it does that little ah, that little riff that beautiful da -na 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 -na. thank da -na 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 -na. you and to many people's screaming joy and tears we have officially confirmation our first mutant in the marvel cinematic universe proper there is a mutant now oh that's 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 weird to say that like, gives me chills that gives me emotional actually like i don't know why maybe it's because i just watched all the x-men movies but man that is just a uh, many i know many many fans have been waiting even longer than i have uh -huh. but what, what are your thoughts steve like this is this is huge we have mutants it's, mutants are in the marvel <laughs> it's got to be the biggest <laughs> the biggest reveal biggest 
moment, I would say probably in phase four with a hundred hours. Now it has to be, I mean, there've been many, you know, iconic scenes and yeah. stuff, but this is like this reveal. And what I like too, is like, it hasn't leaked. This is not something you and I have heard about, which is kind of rare because I think, you know, we can talk about how it came about a little bit later and the reactions from the director and um, from Amon. Yeah. But I just was like, whenever he said something genetic and I'm, my immediate mind went to, Oh, she isn't inhuman. Like exactly. Like yep. And that's where we're supposed to go. And I would have been fine with that. And I think many people would have been fine with that. But the fact that Marvel looking at their upcoming slate, and we know they're doing something with mutants that was heard three years ago. Um, the fact that you now officially, like you said, have your first mutant in the Marvel in the 616 universe. Um, and she's not even really phased by it, but we all were like, it was, just such a perfect like it, it was perfect like i would have been oh like i just can't imagine not hearing it now i just mm -hmm. it, it was such a good scene they set it up so perfect because not only okay so you, he says mutation okay because now that could cause confusion because you're like oh inhuman or not but that that musical tone that that da -da 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 -da, like was just so perfect but not only that you go uh, just a step forward and she says Oh, it's just going to be another label. We already saw how the Department of Control is treating her and other just young people with powers. We know that it's going to be, it's going to be cancerous the way that the the X Men, the mutants are going to be treated once they really start to emerge, you know, and once we start to get some answers, whether it's you know because of the blip, whether it was because of whatever it might be. There's definitely things that have been happening. Um, which I actually have a theory, by the way, if you don't, if I could yeah, say, go. what's your theory? How'd... So we've been talking because we know, obviously this is going to lead right into the Marvels. I mean, we know that obviously the post credit clearly, but we also know that there's also secret invasion also plays into this too, because it, clearly, <laughs> um, I'm really wondering, and we talked about this a little bit ago, we were talking about you know, the sleeper cells and that the Kree have sleeper cells and such. Um, I think that's uh, his, uh, there's something about sleeper mm -hmm. cells. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering because the Kree created the inhumans. Uh, if I understand mm -hmm. in that very loose knowledge and memory, what if they're kind of combining the X-Men and inhuman story? Cause they're basically kind of the same thing and they're kind of making it like one thing. And what if these sleeper cells are, they're mutants and they've been here all along, but they just haven't been activated or they're, they're sleeper cells. And we're going to get into secret invasion where they're starting to investigate into one of these sleeper cells. And we're going to start to find out that they're mutants mm. and they're actual, they've been here, that there's this other, they're, they're, they have this different DNA. Yeah. I like that because. You know, hearing it today on July 13th, I'm hoping I don't have to wait two or three years till we get an X-Men or a mutant film or Disney Plus show mm. to hear the word mutant again. I, I, that'd be a missed opportunity with how hyped it is right now, but I hope we do hear the word mutant in She-Hulk. I hope we hear it going forward. Like the smartest thing Disney Plus and Marvel Studios could do right now is to incorporate mutants slowly into everything because they're everywhere. They're here. Like instead of it just being cold turkey, oh, they're automatically here. And I, I messaged you earlier today. I'm glad that they didn't just come through like a portal in the multiverse. Yeah. I'm glad that they are a part of this. Um, I 
I think like with Fox, like they have like 13 counting Deadpool and Wolverine films and new mutants. They think they have like 13 X-Men films and like two different timelines that came together. I mean, some of them are better than others, but you know, with how big the X-Men and the mutants are in the comics that you and I are still figuring out is, um, like, don't just jump right into X-Men and have yeah. X-Men versus Magneto again. Take your time with this, but show different groups of mutants. And, like, you could do a mutant, like, you could do, like, almost like Disney Plus show, like an anthology or something where you introduce a bunch of these characters mm-hmm. before they even team up. Like, let this breathe. Let this be the next big thing where you give the X-Men, like, it's been years since we've had an X-Men film. Give it time to build up. Like, make the X-Men films, like the trilogy of X-Men films, Make those like the first three Avengers film. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to just have the Avengers. The X-Men could be, if done right, almost on par with them. Like you could definitely build this up over time and have like different Disney plus shows. Yeah. Like you could have a whole show based in Charles Xavier's school. You can have a variety of, even if they're not the main X-Men, have them cameo. Like there's so much possibilities. And I really, really, really hope we get an idea of what the plan is with the X-Men in two weeks, at least for the first phase yeah. that they're going to be in. Right. Oh, definitely. I think that's, and it makes sense. You know, uh, I told you this. I've told a few people that have seen it. The last thing at 2019 Comic-Con was that, oh, and I didn't even have enough time to talk about mutants. And now, literally 10 days before their next appearance at Comic-Con, we finally have the introduction. It It is intentional. It is planned. It is why they made that stupid decision to air it with mm-hmm. Kenobi. That is why it, it, it is. I, without a shadow of doubt, once they say this, they, they drop that bomb. It's intentional. Because do you expect Foggy on the 23rd to say, Hey, it's been out for 10 days. Spoiler alert. But if you oh, yeah. saw Captain Mar- or Miss Marvel, you know, the mutants are now in play and here's what we're going to do with them. Do you think he's going to mention that? Oh, hundred percent. He has to, because again, he, I don't think he's going to say anything until then. Um, we did see, I don't know if you, you and I didn't have early. Yeah, we did. We sent a message to each other that the um, writer for Miss Marvel and, and Amon, when they found out, like this was Kevin Feige's idea, right? This was not the writer's original yep. plan because they didn't think it was even possible. So I don't think they were going to touch her origins besides it was just passed down from family and like the uh, clandestines. But when Feige said, no, we're going to do mutants and we're going to introduce it here. Like, Amon, who is, again, such a fangirl, she emailed Kevin Feige. Like, how awesome would it be to have his email or phone right? number? But she emailed him and, like, like just so, like, and if you're going to give anyone the chance to be the first mutant, make it her because she has the excitement that we all would have if we found out we were taking on that responsibility. And she's a teenager, which kind of goes along with how the, uh, the mutant gene works, so. Yeah. I mean, like hearing that musical cue that we've now heard twice this year. We heard it when we saw Professor yep. Xavier in Mar- Multiverse of Madness. We heard it today. Like yep. that, uh, let's be honest. That's the reason you're going to dive into X-Men Animator right now, right? It's why I've watched five episodes today. There you go. I'm proud of you. <laughs> because here's the thing. When we get X-Men 97, again, a Marvel Studios production, which is, again, on par with What If, which we know how important What If was to the Multiverse. Yep. I don't expect X-Men 97 to be set in 616 because I don't ex- I don't think X-Men animated show was in 616 by any means but it's still part of the multiverse i don't i used to think it was going to lead into like explaining how maybe xavier set up illuminati in 838 uh maybe it will i don't i don't think so but i think it's going to have larger repercussions you don't make you don't just bring this back just for fan service maybe you do but i don't think you do i think if you're going to invest the time and the money to make 
your first X-Men project under the Disney banner, a continuation of a very popular, famous animated show, I think you also have to find a way to tie it in somehow. Yeah. Maybe. I, I mean, just it's, having that music cue, that's exactly what we need. Because like, if they wouldn't have included that, you could have... <laughs> You could have thought, oh, I feel pretty good. It's a mutant, but it could have still been inhuman. inhuman. And like, I like your idea of maybe you're going to combine this two stories and still have the royal family playing a part mm -hmm. as like ancient mutants or something. Who knows? There's ways they could do that. Um, oh, but I like you said, this changes everything. Yes. And like, oh, I'm just so glad they didn't rush into it. Like as soon as they bought Fox, they could have immediately yep. said, oh, we're doing X-Men right now. But no, they're yep. slowly going to build up to it. And I think, like you said, in two weeks, we need to have an idea of when we're going to see the mutants and mm. some of these famous mutants again. Oh, come on. I also think talking about the music, it's super important to notate. While it does sound identical to the 90s show, it is important to notate that in the uh, credits, credits mm -hmm. it is the 97 theme, which is the new show that's coming out. And so, yes, it's the same thing clearly but it's very it is keep that in mind though like that is we're gonna hear that song whenever we see whenever whenever x-men 97 comes out we're gonna hear that again it's gonna be beautiful it's gonna be great but i do just i think that is it's intentional you know they're not it's they're linking it to 97 i think it's more so for us to know the cue that hey this, we're talking about x-men we're not talking about inhumans we're not talking about some new thing we're not trying to be cagey like no m-u-t-a-n-t-s is in the mcu like period like that is what it is and whether we start to see some clues in secret evasion i think the next reference to mutants and i think we're gonna get it very soon i think we're gonna get it in the next month it, we're gonna hear it again in she-hulk yeah i really think that's the way to do it i think like you said this is why this show had to come out before comic-con it would have still meant a big punch like if he would have kept yeah. it under wraps and even if this show would have came out after Comic-Con. But I think like there was a purpose for the planning and strategy here yep. that we didn't even think about. Um, I'm going to go off on a quick tangent just because I'm so excited for Mutants today that I've had this dream cast on my mind okay. of just two characters. And I was going to save All it for right. next week because who knows? Maybe they'll announce some casting for X-Men. Yeah. I don't know. But um, I know you... Where are you at with Breaking Bad right now? <laughs> uh, episode, episode, <laughs> episode four? <laughs> okay. Well, then progress. it might not mean as much to you, but from our fans listening... My dream cast I've been thinking about all day today is because um, we've had now two different actors playing Charles Xavier and two different actors playing Magneto, right? Yeah. Okay. So those are going to be big castings and they have to hit, they have to hit it when they get it. And my fan casting comes from Breaking Bad, but other places too. Um, I would love to see, because if you remember Magneto in both timelines for Fox, his backstory started with the Holocaust, right? Yeah. And timeline wise that fits. However, if you're doing a Magneto and X-Men in their prime now, you know, in 2020s, the Holocaust wouldn't work anymore because he would have been too, way too old. So my idea is, okay, for, for Magneto, I can't get it out of my head, Giancarlo Esposito, who played oh. Gus in Breaking Bad and who plays Goff, Moff Gideon oh, in, because he, in both Mandalorian and Breaking Bad, plays such a, a villain who is like one of the creepiest I mean, he's acting is just phenomenal. And I'm sure he's been in many other things, but those are the two roles I know him best from, Mandalorian and Breaking Bad. And so my thought process is you cast him as Magneto because he can play that. We've seen him play that kind yeah. of character. And now instead of the Holocaust, you do some kind of trauma that's associated with like the civil rights movement of the 60s. That could fit, right? Oh my okay? gosh. And then, because huh. again, you haven't seen it yet. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. I'm not going to spoil what happens. 
but seeing he plays Gus in Breaking Bad, who is basically Walter White, um, Brian Cranston's arch rival, but also like they have some great chemistry together. You bring in Brian Cranston again, maybe it's just the baldness. I don't know that he eventually has in the in Breaking Bad. Brian uh, Cranston, I think, could play a very again not a super old version, but Patrick Stewart wasn't super old in 1999, 2000. You bring in um, Brian Cranston as Xavier. That's just my fan casting. I'd love to hear so what you would you start think. them. You would start them kind of middle ageish, right? I would like they're they'd be basically in between the ages we saw from James McAvoy and what's his name. Um, but basically between they would almost be in the age range between the the uh younger and the older actors we saw from the fox universe i'd start with because like it's good i think x-men are gonna have a or not x-men mutants mutants are gonna have a huge focus right now on the young um i think it's gonna be really focusing on like that um like that 14 to like maybe 20 range ish but I think like to have that leadership there, I think you're. I think you should have it at your late twenties, early thirties. Okay. Um, but I could see them going your path too. But I think being the fact of kind of like have like older, kind of like almost like an older brother type relationship, kind of. Um, and then I could also see then because they they can then grow into the roles just like the younger mutants as well. And because again, my thought process is you you save the big X Men feature films as like your Avengers level big event films. And you could definitely do, like I said, at Charles Xavier's school, Brian Cranston has been doing television for years. He'd be perfect, in my opinion. And same thing with Giancarlo Esposito. He's mostly known for his television roles. Yeah. So you could do, like, even a Brotherhood of Mutants from the darker side. Like, imagine the possibility. Okay. Let's save some of our predictions for next week. I just had to share that because it's been on my mind all day. I was thinking uh, Kamran could also possibly uh, join the Brotherhood there. He could be an uh, evil side of the mutants. Not evil, yeah. but a darker side. He could be joining that side. I mean, he probably might have that same connection. And I know we spent so much time talking about the big reveal that we didn't even touch upon the mid-credit nope. scene. We and still got that. It was a, it was a good mid-credit scene. It was a great mid-credit scene, but we were still trying to recover from the, <laughs> the before the credit scene. Yes. So what happens with the mid-credit scene? Because I'll be honest, I had a different thought when I first saw it versus about 15 minutes later when I was talking to you about it. So what <laughs> happens there? Yeah. So we uh, go back, we see Kamala and she's like sitting in her room and all of a sudden the bangle starts lighting up and we're like, Oh, this is sketch. And then she starts kind of looking at it and, and starts walking. And all of a sudden I, there, I, there's no way to explain what it even looks like, but basically she disappears. She gets almost thrust into her closet and it's all, timey wimey wibbly wobbly looking it's all stringy almost uh not to trigger anyone from multiverse of madness um and we see a giant hole in the closet and up rises instead of miss marvel it's captain marvel and she's in the bedroom and it is very clear to tell um right off the bat because some people were I'm um, saying like, oh, did they swap bodies or are they like, what's, you know, there's a lot of little like, is it Freaky Friday? No, this is Captain Marvel. She looks on the wall and it's not, the, it's a very new environment to her. She's shocked that there's walls of the her. Collage. Yes, yeah. of her all over the place. Uh, I love what she says. Um, I think she says, oh no. And then she just walks off camera. Um I thought that was a great response. It's something I would actually expect from her and her character. I also think it's something I would expect from Brie Larson too. Uh, overall, I was I instantly thought they just kind of swap places, and I think that's what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and then we it fades to black. And what I thought was really great because I don't think we've gotten this like 
this is usually what we see in the movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've gotten this specifically in, a, in an MCU show, but we got the whole black screen, white text, uh, Miss Marvel will appear in the Marvels or yeah. return. Love that. Um, yeah, my initial thought was they swapped, uh, they didn't swap out. She changed her appearance to look like Captain Marvel. I don't know why. Mm. I think in the comics that does happen, but I, um, the more I thought about it and like talked to you and saw online, I'm like, no, it was, it was a body swap. And you and I both were talking online today about like the idea that we definitely think like, I mean, go, you go ahead and explain how you think this could tie into the first act of the Marvels. Yeah. So I think we're going to like, Marvels are going to open up. We're going to be focusing mainly on Carol there and we're going to see kind of like where she's been kind of lead up to that exposition. And I think we're going to then see, um, basically that Shang-Chi credit where something's going to call her away and it's going to be something to do with a bracelet. Something's going to be happening, some conflict wherever she is and goes. And then that conflict and whatever that is will then cause her to then swap places with Kamala. And we're going to see it now from her perspective. So we're going to see her go spaghetti noodles into time and end up there. And uh, it'd be interesting to see which perspective then they pick up from there. I feel like it'd be really good then to then see Kamala's perspective at that point because it, it's literally the mirror, the opposite. But then it's going to be great because in the movie theater, and we talked about it last week where we know they're going to be in it, we're going to see her family, but it's not going to be her. It's going to be uh, her hero, basically, which is that's going to be great. Can you imagine the brother? Brother's going to lose it. <laughs> You're muted. <laughs> Oh, sorry. You got I so excited, that, you muted yourself. I did. I didn't want to scream. I, I hope that Bruno's downstairs with the whole family. I, just to give them, I mean, I don't expect them to have a big screen time, but that is probably going to be one of the funniest and the funniest scenes is, yeah. you know, they, they, um, they see her walk downstairs or maybe she like punches through a wall or something. Like, I just, I just want to picture it. And like, you know, her parents probably might not even know who Captain Marvel is. But if Bruno or the brothers there, they're going to immediately know. And like, it'll just be such a cool interaction. You know what I mean? I can see her dad joking. Like, is this a new power? Is this? I didn't know this was a part of the superhero package. Yeah. Um, yeah. I cannot wait for that scene. And then figuring out how Captain Marvel has to get back, you know, across the universe to wherever she was to get back and caught up with Ms. Marvel. I do wonder, is there any chance they keep the three main Marvel characters separate for the first third two-thirds of the movie and they don't come together till the end like you could easily have captain marvel on a journey back to reunite with because we know monica's in space as of the end of wandavision she was teleported up to space somewhere if miss marvel gets thrown into space because of this flip-flop swap i mean do you think they're going to keep them separate for at least half the movie yeah so it's, it is interesting because we don't know what monica's up to monica's up in space we know that uh because isn't it fury wants to talk to her um or some... one of the one of the s- scrolls that fury sent to earth came to that movie theater remember yes. and teleported her up yeah yeah okay so that's there i think she'll they'll come in i think monica and kamala will come in contact first by like early second act end of first act and i think what's gonna be huge about that is because carol is kamala's hero and monica is not a fan of carol right now so that is gonna be some great 
chemistry, so great conversations. And I just thought of this on the spot, but I think Kamala is going to be the reason why they become friends again and why they, whatever this is that has caused this divide between the two, it's going to be completely broken away because of her. That's her, that's her MO. Like she's the one that can mend friendships. Like she's all about like the peace. Like I love going back to earlier in the episode when we talked like her fighting technique, it's mostly defense. You know what I mean? She's not out to hurt anyone. She's out to defend and protect. And more than, you know, some superheroes just smash through everything, Hulk and, you know, <laughs> anyone else. But like Kamala's powers are so much more about defense and protection. And like, mm-hmm. I think she's going to help mend their, their fight. Cause who knows? Maybe we'll find out more about why they're fighting, but you know, maybe, Mon- I mean, yeah, we'll find out more, but it's going to be unique. I, I agree with you. I think that's a good way to look at it. She's going to be like the middle ground that holds them together. I do agree. Oh, man. Any oh. other final thoughts on Miss Marvel? We have talked quite a bit about it, but man, it's such a beautiful show, uh, full of so much heart and everything else in between. With that post credit scene, I don't expect to see her again until a year from now at the Marvels. Like, if they wouldn't have had that, maybe she would have popped up somewhere else. But if you're going to, you're not going to, pick up with her in space like no you'll wait till the marvels now which is disappointing but i have a feeling that between the marvels hopefully a second season in a couple years hopefully appearances tied in with the x-men tied in with the young avengers and just from an actress that will probably basically say that she will play this part forever i cannot wait to see her continue on for many many years so we get to see more of miss marvel i that's all i'm gonna say 40 years from now we'll be calling her captain marvel don't even that is actually like not even 40 years i could see it in 15 20 but yeah i it, it could happen it's gonna be oh that would be so touching yeah that'd be uh, for her that'd be so awesome oh my goodness yeah so that does wrap up this this heck of an episode we had so much to talk about um it was so much fun talking about this this really does a day that will be remembered and i do think comic-con is gonna really like just amplify this even more and i think we're gonna get a lot of announcements and a lot of updates um as for steven and i say please uh dates you know a timeline we would really appreciate that not like uh, in story timeline but like release date timeline i'll take it you know me (laughs) (laughs) i i want a release date timeline because Uh that that helps uh so that'll be coming up lots of great stuff um any other final thoughts for the episode as a whole and today steven well like you said earlier it was so hard to focus at work today like you said because it's just this is like again i can't think of many other times and i'm i hope we're not overhyping it i hope our fans are just as excited as we are and i really want to hear what your thoughts are after hearing that and hearing us discuss it today so please send that in because i just oh like again it's just so exciting the possibilities and again as we get closer and closer to san diego comic-con i do not think they could disappoint us like they can give us a few little nuggets and we'll still be thrilled but I think they're going to really go above and beyond to give us an idea of where what phase four is going to, you know, culminate in and what where we're going. And I'm just so excited. So thanks for talking, JG. And again, I want to hear from our audience, too. Definitely. And that does wrap up episode 37 of Marvel Cast. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of Marvel with us today. We want fans, like we've said today, uh, we want you to interact with this podcast. We can't wait to hear your feedback and questions. Uh, are you excited for the X-Men? Are you excited for Mutants? What are your predictions and thoughts? Um, we'll definitely read those out and send them to us. We want to hear what you're thinking. Uh, we know that we are not the only ones that are losing our minds is in excitement right now. Uh, so email us at marvelcastpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe to 1138's production feed if you haven't already and leave a review wherever you listen. It does help a lot. Uh, for myself and Steve, have a marvelous week. And remember, I could do this all day.